thinking about that song, It's Well With My Soul, that was being played and uh, the background of that story. And um, I suppose we all know this, but the place that, that God brings us and then wants to demonstrate his glorious power that what's going on in our souls has nothing to do with what's going on in our environment. And how significant that is for all of us to understand. You know, something really important to know is that um, regardless of our concerns, and I think every one of us could be part of a concerned citizens group on any given day. Uh, I walk, I'm very concerned. And um, I think there's a wonderful verse. It says, the way of life is above to the wise. And I think that what that means is in all the concerns and the environment that we find each one of us and we in those environments we have our own nervous systems which is a problem uh, I don't want somebody else's but because I got a full plate and all of us do and um, but in those environments um, there is a place it says that no fowl knows about and um, I think it would behoove us to quiet ourselves enough to find that place, not just tonight, but tonight, <laughs> but all the time. Find that place of where, we, where God we know is moving and he's above all the other stuff. So, Lord, help us tonight. We thank you for your ongoing work and your operation in every one of us, Lord. We do ask that every one of us would grow in a greater measure and acquainted with the place that you have prepared for us, Lord, to live. So we thank you for the gathering tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.
there's strength when we gather, right? There's no magic in it, but um, that's good. Always a lot of potential to uh, receive more than what we ask or think. The presence of God shows up in um, there are things we get ourselves into that we cannot possibly get ourselves out of. And that's kind of the program designed that way. We knew how to get ourselves out of every, everything we encountered. We would probably be writing books and dispensing all that information. I love it at times when you come into the presence of God, like these gatherings or when God really is moving. And all of a sudden, he just touches the need. You have no clue why or what was the trigger. You just know there's something that, something let up, something changed. And, I, and, and you can't take any credit for it. You, know, you, just, you did not, maybe you cried out. But it obviously was the hand of God at work in your life just sovereignly to move you forward. Like he said, enough. You know, you had enough. We cry out a lot, enough, God, enough. But it, that doesn't always help. But when he said enough, then, then things change. But I, I have been, uh, I think this might help us tonight. At least, like I think it might help me. I've been sitting on it for a while, hoping I would get there. Um, but that hasn't happened. I was reminded of that a few weeks, like the week before last. It was in a real definitive way that I'm not there yet. But this deal, this word deals with uh, weakness, growth, really, I guess I'll say growth through weakness and, and brokenness. And, and really the, the uh, power, power of brokenness. Brokenness really holds a tremendous power. Doesn't David Brooks look nice? It's hard to draw attention to you today. You can pay for that tomorrow, maybe, on the job. No. No. I've enjoyed working with uh, David. And he does a good job. He owns the job. Um, very responsible. You haven't been out of the gym yet. You should stop by some at some point. But um, I, I, so this word deals with with brokenness, and I'll start off by this point that it's amazing, uh, you know, to think you can go through a tremendous breaking experience, and for whatever reason, come out of it unscathed. Unbroken, unsurrendered. I mean, it just, just because God takes you through deep circumstance, it's as though pride really will not, uh, whatever residue of pride is still there. It can be just a little bit of residue, and it just enough to not empower you to yield or enable you, you know, need to, to yield. And I come out of those things 
like more assertive and, and in some ways more independent before it has like the opposite effect, effect of God's purpose. Uh, can anybody relate to that? Like, I've gone through things and it's like, I'm like, this is not working. I just, I find myself digging in more. Somewhere I've got to reconcile that with God and, and just accept, okay, Lord, I, help me to get the benefit of this and quit, quit slugging. Um, I think an indicator of, of growth in, in this note um, is when I see it, I see somebody really working in a situation that I know is very volatile and has all the potential to flare or to trigger their, their a greater uh, reaction and response. Like we kind of know each other more and more. The longer we get together, like I know what can set you off and what can't. So this is not a lot of revelation. It's just I know we just we just know more about each other, and that's good and, and not so good at times. But I I I know like it's a, it's a signpost of growth when I see the potential there in somebody to just rise up, and yet I see them really working to give place to the Spirit of God and to subdue a reaction and really subdue, and I mean, allow the Spirit of God to have its way and not, not just cut loose. That's an, an, an indicator of growth. I look for growth. Don't you look for growth? It's like... Sometimes you can't see it. And sometimes it's just someone taking some baby steps in an area. That's, a, that, a, that's just growth, right? But I think in some ways, I think we know this in, independence is really one of our greatest enemies. Just, just you and me just taking my own direction apart from, apart from God, I guess. Apart from His purpose or His plan. And I think pride, obviously, you probably would agree, is really the, the fuel source of independence. It just, it gives, I come back from town and I, the new car didn't have, I couldn't find a gas gauge on the new car. It just said how many miles the new uh, Sienna, how many miles it had left to, till I needed fuel. So it's less than, about a hundred. I thought, well, it's not enough hard to get to Fairbanks. So I, I filled it up. And you think what fuels independence more than anything or as much as anything is just pride. You think about it. I just really will not. I just refuse to bow. And instead of bowing and just taking it, I, I assert. Now, not all asserting is evil. It just needs to be... Uh, under subjection to the Holy Spirit. We need a certain amount of independence to push against, you know, things so that we move to the next level. You know, but, it, but it's really the source that, that determines that, you know, whether it's good or bad. But I think finding independence, really, I've come to this resolve that it's a life, I'm not, 
I'm not going to talk about independence tonight. It, it's part of it. hinders brokenness. It hinders a strength that really comes through weakness, the weakness of, of the war in this one, in what I'm talking about here. But fighting independence, really, I, I've come to conclude is like a lifelong battle. But you, you never can relax about the moment you relax and something comes up and with your spouse or something, and you just like you just you blow it like, oh my God, I just why did I take my own direction? Why did I just say something that and now I you know I got it's it's out there and it's so hard to recover stuff that's that's out there. Once something's said, it is so hard to unwind certain manifestations of independence. Much better to hold your peace. And when you do, and when I do, it's like, oh, thank you, God, that I did not, I didn't just say what I wanted to, what came to my mind to say. I thought of this, this has gone back to whenever John Cheever was here. In his, um, he mentioned something in one of his words about Samson. But you know, Samson, um, yeah, he was a very strong man. I listened to Judges this afternoon is that aspect of Samson and the incredible things that he did and the strength of God and his anointing came upon him. Just amazing feats. Like, he, you know, he, he tied, how many foxes he tied their tails together? How many was there? 300 of them. And he, how, we had a hard time, unless you were gone, you know, you could just catching one fox to catch 300 and tie and hold them and tie their tails together. And, you know, send him through the fields. I mean, just amazing feats that he really accomplished in his his lifetime. But really, all those were done, and it's as though he never really had to tap his reserve strength to do this. And it never really taxed it, taxed, taxed him. <laughs> it never, it's, a, it's like it never really taxed his full capacity of strength. Like some of those things he could have done with one arm behind his back. But something did take all his strength, and that was pointed out to us at the end of his life. Right? And that it, it, it says, um, and, and that, that's really when the enemy was dealt the greatest blow at the end of his life. I mean, he slew a lot of the Philistines during his life. But the greatest feat and the greatest blow that was dealt to the enemy came when he, when he bowed himself and it said, and this was the line that caught my attention when it was, I heard it. it with all his might, it, he, he took all, every bit of strength that he had, everything he could, he could find to bow himself before, before the Lord, really. Yeah. It took all his might, everything. There was no, nothing left within him. And I'll tell you, sometimes, for you and I to really have to bow ourselves, it takes every bit of reserve strength we have. It, it is not a wimpy thing to, to bow yourself and to, to submit ourselves to, to God. And then another run higher to, to one another at times. Don't I wrote this down. Don't devalue the power 
There, when you and I bow ourselves to the point of, of really dying, because it is a dying. It's very humiliating at times to, to not have the last word, whatever it might be in your life or my life where you're in the crosshair now and you, and you have a choice. I would choose, do, am I going to surrender? Am I going to really bow? You have to dig deep. Tap the reserves of what you have available, what strength you have in God to, to really humble your heart. That's, that's when the enemy is dealt the greatest blow. There, more people were killed at his death when he finally got to that point, right? Than, than, than all through his life. So it appears really the greatest power we have of God is, is coming as we really... It's when, when we really are able to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to God, I, I think anyway. Um, and, and that, I guess in some ways, means... Um, I'm trying to put, like, put meat on this, I guess, or put some expression to it, what I'm really feeling. What does it mean, really, to, to, to humble yourself and really submit, surrender, right? It, it, in one aspect, it really means just doing as you're told. In layman's terms, right? I mean, it means really be able to take input. I guess. Sometimes it takes all the strength I can find just to take input. And possibly from certain individuals that will go in there. Nobody here. Mm -hmm. no, I uh, was thinking of telling somebody, uh, I really wasn't, but not, not this necessarily, but. If you're into this, is not for Gabriel. But um, if you're not interested in taking input, probably check marriage off your list, young people, because it's it's a lifelong effort of having really to give and take. And, it, and as you do, it really is it, it produces growth. It's to our benefit. So <clears throat> I said this to somebody at this point. Some recently um, after listening and talking often a lot of times I said the way the way through this battlefield for you from my perspective is submission and I don't mean you can take really my input I think what I'm telling you is is the Lord and I've never felt this strong like you most if you really know me I I uh, well, maybe I don't see myself. Maybe you can come up and tell me where afterwards how assertive I've been with pushing with my advice. But I know I know what I feel inside. I, I'm I'm a lot more reserved than ever before. But in this situation, I had to say that I think this is really the word of the Lord for you, and I can't I can't see any other what what I'm telling you what what I felt like the Lord gave me. And I don't say, I, I don't just flip that out. We know what it's like we've talked recently when someone says, that the Lord told me. The Lord told me to say this. Who, who, who can challenge that? Who can 
who can be at odds? Who, if, if it's God, and why would I ever, how can I not agree with you? You've got to watch that pulling the God card. But I just say in this situation, I really, I really felt uh, that for them, the way through this is really to, is submission. To be able to take some input outside of yourself. Because I think in my, in my life, looking back, some of the major turning points, I guess, were where I made major shift and transition times, and, and which really resulted in growth, took place when I when I just had to really submit, I guess, submit my heart is to outside input from God and from people that I that I walk with and I I trust. And I guess, you know, mainly where I did not default back to um, my own resources. You know, any, because we're always taking input. I, you, you, we're always submitting to some counsel, by the way. We always are. You know, we always are listening and taking advice from something. And I have to say, whatever is resourced in, in, in me, that's where, like, somebody needs to check me. Please help me. Like, I, I don't want to just be left to my own thoughts and just, which makes sense, seems reasonable. But, but man, if, if there's going to be any transition or any moving forward, this is about growth and not just being stagnant. I gotta, I gotta take input from outside source somewhere. And um, I think I've shared some of those on which I won't, um, I won't get into that. But I mean, I just know like moving and direction for you know things like that. But most recently, I felt like I, I'm, in, I'm back to to a transition time in my life. Where there's a, where there, and there's a need to take to um, to take to take advice, to take counsel, and I'm this is not aimed at anybody. I have been thinking about this for, and I and something came up a few weeks back, and I, it's, where I'm at now in this situation, it wasn't like somebody was advising me from the outside, but really from the inside, I felt the spirit of the Lord was trying to check me. And it, and it had to do with just whether or not I was going to be divided. I've been through a lot here over the years. And we've, had, we've dealt with a lot of division. And every one of us at times have been the source of it, like it or not. All of us. But in recent weeks, it's like it just has been ramped up. And I, and, I, and I found myself riding so close. Some of you probably even saw. And like I just, you know what, what fueled it? Like I had to step back because I, I was not getting any outside help. You know, like it, when there's division, bellows are blowing division. You don't look for outside help to quench it. You're not going to get it. Oh, if, if I if it, this division could stop if they just would say this or say that. 
Yep, that's nice when it happens. It's selling. It just, it had to come from within. Like, and I was in the minus pool. I guarantee you, I was not doing well with it. I'm not, I don't know how I'm doing even now. You know, when you want it to be divided, you can, it's just a lot of justification. I guess I'm talking like hard issues. And this is where, this is where submission, am I talking about submission to an elder? No, possibly. You know, don't write us off about the time you write anybody off that they're the ones that God's going to use. But really, first and foremost, to the Spirit of God. However it comes. At times it's just, it just, it just a subtle voice. It's just a check. It's just a circumstance. It all of a sudden comes together and it's like, it, this was the Lord talking to you. And, and will you and I yield to it? Because I'm, I'm saying, I think major transitions in my, in my life that catapulted me into growth. It's like, I hate the process of growth. I like the result. I just want to grow up. Like, I just want to quit being immature. I like to just quit, stop, like to stop thinking this way and stop saying this stuff or whatever. And that comes in as I grow. And I just wish the process would be easier than what I'm having to go through now, I guess. But you think about what you're listening to. What, you know, how, how about, how about there is safety in what? In, in the multitude of counselors. And I mean, I've not said this before. Somebody you trust sometimes, it, it's beneficial to go up and say, hey, do you see something in my life that I, that I am not seeing because somewhere I'm not connecting with God. When you go for a long drought and you're not connecting with God, a way through that, a jump start could be possibly somebody that you trust and asking them, what, are you seeing anything or would you pray for me? Just Now on the outside, the enemy helps that as weakness. Weakness. I'm finding my idea and my concept of weakness in God miles apart. When you know, once again, contrary to what what I think. Yeah, I was thinking about this going back to must have been three weeks ago. I had, a, I had a tooth and, a, and, a, and I was, uh, I had to go to Fairbanks to get it dealt with. And, it, and I was not looking forward to it at all. And I get in the chair and then they put this rubber dam in my mouth, which I thought I was going to gag. And I had to wrestle under. And I wanted to get up out of that chair in the bed, literally. Like I didn't think I uh, literally had to talk myself down. <laughs> Fortunately, this guy was pretty good. He's from Pennsylvania. We were talking. <laughs> I forget his name. He's over there, right next to coffee roasters. He's been there probably. Anybody been here today? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's really good. He's really very good, actually. 
He did. He played. He played music that was soothed my soul from the sixties. But I had to dig deep, honestly, because everything in me did not want to submit and stay. Literally, I just liked it. And the lady, the, she warned me like it's going to make you feel like you're going to get gagged. So I, and I really, it's like, it just was kind of a typing shadow for me. Like, the more I work, the more I calm myself down. I think I can, I think I can. I can, I can. And actually, I was there for two hours in that chair. I've never sat in a dentist chair. I remember as a kid one time in a dentist chair. Um, I'm 13 months behind Ron at birth. So I think Ron took all my calcium. Maybe. No. <laughs> I had a lot of teeth in there. Maybe it was candy. But I remember being in the dentist chair a lot. And I remember one time telling him, I had a little kid. I said, you're going to have to stop drilling. I remember, you need to stop drilling. Unfortunately, this guy was really, he was the best dentist we ever had as kids. So he, he, he said, I can't do that. And he kept on. But this guy up there drilled and drilled and drilled. I'm not kidding. Drilled, drilling out. I won't go any further. But all that said, I came away. Somehow I was able to get through it. And, and it was, I'm not advertising for the guy, but it was the most positive dental experience I've had in a long time. Maybe because I was thinking it was going to be the worst. And just having to to finally come to the point where I'm going I'm to I'm, I'm yield to this. I'm going to submit it. God will go to extreme lengths setting things up. He, do, he, just, he doesn't even stop setting things up for you and I to have to come to the place where we really are able to surrender and yield. But there's power in that. Folks, there's a power in, in, in that, that kind of brokenness it takes to really to, to yield. Now this is in Hebrews 11, and I think this was read also in our convention. I just read verse 34. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to spend the rest of the time trying to define what I think it means. It's just it, talking about the, the heroes of faith. It says, quench the violence of fire. They escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, we're made strong. That's the line. Out of weakness, we're made strong. Wax valiant in fight. Turn the flight of the armies of the aliens. Anyway, I'm going to stop there. I don't want to go any further. You think about what that means. What out of out of weakness made strong. Um, there's a weakness that comes. There's a strength, I guess. I'll, I'll put it like that. That comes out of a weakness that is very precious and costly, right? And it's a, it's a it's a, it's it's totally healed. Or come to the place of being fully surrendered to God. Fully dependent. You ever notice how much strength it takes to become dependent? Like to rely on 
others to help you. I mean, I, I look at what our sister is going through and it's like there, there is such a glory resting upon her. And this, and, and in some ways because of this, I think she's absolutely becoming more dependent. And it's just such a beauty. I mean, just the beauty and the strength. Like I want to sit down and say, you have anything for me? Like what? Because of the nearness and the presence of God, that's a result of, of just having to be dependent. And I don't, I don't see inside of it. It looks to me like he's working with it and not, not fighting it. For the I don't know how I would be doing. So there's a strength. Um, that kind of strength that comes out of out of weakness. Paul said, being pressed out of measure, above strength, despairing of life, so that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. In 2 Corinthians. But with that, the other side of that, there's also a strength that comes out of weakness, right? That can that can be very stubborn. And very dominant. Right? You either are going to come out of it dependent and leaning, leaning upon the Lord, or you come out of those experiences even more fortified and more assertive, as I said earlier, more, more independent. And I know a few people like that. And I'll name them. One of which is my mom, 92 years old. Now I mean this in a, in a kind of a humorous way, but it's it's just it, 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 for somebody that is so dependent, she is still at her age, and it's like that's in the gene bank, very assertive and very like very hard to tell what to do when you get on certain things. You, you think when someone is at that age, like they could allow another to gird them. And I think we told you an example, this is a few years back, you know, she wears, she wears, she wears stuff that just doesn't, like it doesn't represent who she is. She has these old shoes on. Ron and I take her to the shoe store to get new shoes. She just dug in, she would not. I mean, where does that kind of strength come from? I mean, she refused. Yes. It's like you have a choice when you go through a deep breaking to come out. How are you going to come out of it? More dependent, more leaning, or or more fortified in strength and independence, and more assertive. Your way, your will. Right. Most recently, I'm like, we, she needs new. She needs her dentures adjusted. I'm talking about my mom because she's safe. Fortunately, she's not listening. But yeah. Um, so I lined up this this place down there that will make all this adjustment with her dentures. Yeah, she really needs. She can hardly chew, and all this. There's a lot more to it. But I wasn't there for the appointment. I come. I came home. But I, and she gets there and my, and my brother goes and, and, and first thing she tells the dentist 
I don't, I don't need, my dentures are fine, I don't need this. And he backed down. I'm not kidding. So she had to go back again anyway. But that's what comes to mind on, on that note. But I'll focus here in conclusion on out of weakness being made strong. In my mind's eye, is really the place we want to come to is where we really give place to the Spirit of the Lord. And in, 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 in those moments when you want to assert when you feel entitled or justified, that you really, you, you know, you call upon the Spirit of God. I don't know what was going through, like David, whenever Shimei was throwing stones and swearing at him. Like, and his buddies, he wanted to, like, take it. Why would you, why would you let him do that? Just, just take, no effort at all to take the guy's head off. And he, and he, he just hold it. He held back. He checked him. You remember the story of Shimei? Right? And what came to mind was when the spirit of the ruler rises against you, don't, don't, leave, your, don't leave your post or your place. Don't let somebody else... Now this is my definition of strength out of weakness. Out of weakness we're made strong. Try to put something on that. What does that really mean? Right? And the spirit of the ruler, in case you're wondering, is not, it's, it's, it's not a person. When anything rises up against you, push your button. You know, don't leave your place. Don't leave your, your post. It's when you and I leave our post, that's when I'm dangerous. As opposed to staying under out of weakness made strong is when I check when I check my heart. When there's a lot of us, we're getting. Ever notice in the heat of the moment how much um, clearer you become about things that you can say that really will carry your point and cut somebody down or be injurious, get me like, or or fortify your case. I mean, I notice a lot of help there, folks. But strength out of weakness is when you employ a soft answer. Don't ever discount power and the strength that a soft answer has to turn away wrath. Through patience, a ruler may be persuaded and a gentle tongue breaks the bone, right? Ever notice how weakened you are you know, after you've had a major outburst, let's say, or you, you, had a, you gave way to a major reaction? Point. I'm in a, I'm in because I think it's very strong, uh, you know, in terms of where what I've been going through. I guess I don't have to share this. The strength out of weakness is when my life is really so submitted to God that when there's a problem 
that, that rises up that I don't assert in my own strength. I don't retaliate. And furthermore, I really try to take stock of what, where the problem is. When everything in me is wanting to point the finger at the problem, right? I think God in his love and his care is doing everything he can to point at any flaw. And I have been, I have, in his faithfulness, anything that's going to come up down the road, God is, is, is allowing it to be touched. And, and we, we, can, we can live our lives in a way that is always external, like it, it points elsewhere, rather than really allowing, you know, God to touch the issues of my heart. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying you take the hit and you take the blame for every problem that comes your way. But I'm saying that's, that ought to be in the equation somewhere. And it ought to be near the top. That you and I, that, that weakness becomes, a strength that comes out of weakness is, is when you and I are willing to acknowledge that, hey, perhaps it's me. And I, I saw I, I saw a documentary about uh, about something that really uh, kind of confirmed this in him, and I watched it like two or three times. It's very helpful to me and where I was at. But it was a horse trainer. And the guy is at the top of his game. Of course you might know who sent it to me. My daughter-in-law. But anyway, this guy's name is Buck Branham. Anybody ever hear him? You did. He, he travels worldwide. But he, he came from a, a, a household where his dad was, you know, just very hard on him. But, the, but he was very gifted with horses. And at six, he was doing rope tricks. He would, I mean, you watch the Google and you see what he did at age six. But anyway, he started, he started helping people work with horses. And he's Chris Trout, he spent, I don't know, many, many months a year doing this, helping train these horses. But he really discovered a better way to train a horse than what the methods that were used previously, like whipping the horses, and I forget, maybe Red knows, I can't even remember the methods that they used to use back then. Um, and what he started realizing, uh, and I was, you, you can fill in this part of it, but I, in my own words, like he said, he saw a need. There's got to be something more to reaching a horse than just externally cracking a whip and trying to teach them that way. That really, um, tune in, not tune in. That's a poor expression, but that's, that's how I would call it. To find out why the horse would have such a major reaction. And a lot of it just trying to help people with their own horses that they could not get them, they were just unruly and unyielding. And how to really break them and how to train them. Um, and he said this, he said, the horses, he, in his words, what he's concluded, this is him. He said, the horse is a mirror to your soul. Mirror. He says a lot of what horses react to is a result of the problem coming from the, 
framing. And he, if you watch this thing, he just hits this over and over again. And like, when he said that, it's like a light came on. Because I can, I can walk around here thinking, I know where my problems are. Really. And he says, he said, he, he, he had not resolved that rather than helping people with horse problems, he really is helping horses with people problems. <laughs> what he concluded. And how he, go, he, and how he went about it. And, he, and it's like no horse that he wasn't able to work with and, and train. Like he, he watches these horses are yanking and pulling and just nobody could tame these horses and he gets in the crowd with them. And somehow he, he's able to find out what, what the key is and what the horse is really reacting to and resolve it. And I thought, There's, that's so profound. And such, such a power. That's strength out of weakness. When you and I are able to step back and find out what, why would somebody be reacting to me in such a strong way? And, and, and what can I do? What, what can I furnish, I guess? And you, you, I'm, I'm talking mechanically. Don't get hung up on the mechanics. So if the Lord doesn't speak to you or show you, you can't do it. But just to give pause to the Spirit to try to find out there's some reason why someone wants to take my head off. I can put up my defenses, but like, can I, how can I pacify that offense? You know what I'm saying? You leave your post, and you, leaving your post is to get out of the Spirit. Is that ever going to pacify an offense? It doesn't work. Fun fact here, he says one, one day he was at a show and this guy, hippie looking guy came up and he says, I'm a, he said, I produce movies. And he said, could you meet with Bob and me after, the, after your thing here? He said, who's Bob? He said, Bob, Bob Redford. He said, they're making this movie with Robert Redford. Needed help in this movie he was producing about a horse. Anyway, so he worked with him in quite a lengthy number of weeks to be able to, to uh, help him train these horses. But anyway, I just thought that that's needful at times to find out why, why you and I get such strong reaction back. And that, that really is a, a strength that can be a result of weakness that will discern and try to filter what's coming and not, not react to it. And I guess um, I wrote just down the purpose of our weakness. It, I mean, it's still pretty fresh and it's just that God would use our weakness to this degree where I'm vulnerable. Because I, you know, I, I like to cover my weakness. <laughs> I really don't want them being exploited. But I think we are more vulnerable and more out there than what, what, I, what we ever think. Would you say, I mean, don't do this, but if you pass me notes on where my flaws are, I think you probably would know me a little bit more than what I care to want to be known. But really, this is where, where I believe we're heading to. Um, if you get the point I'm making. 
Anyway. We, we can think, you know, as we grow and mature, that we should get to the point where we can, you know, we can handle everything. And that, in reality, that's not the case. That's a danger when you and I think that we've grown and matured to the point where I got this. That's not something we say consciously, but that can be at work, as opposed to really recognizing and seeing our our need for dependence. If that's really what the plan calls for, you know, for God to really wear down my own strength. That that's a painful process. When he has things in motion, even now, to diminish our strength. Ah right? To make me what? Totally totally dependent on God for everything. I like this point that was made. That God does not have an economy for what he will use for my demise or to deconstruct me. Um, and I, I find myself regularly laboring under a feeling of inadequacy. And it's like, I'm, in, I was like, I'm trying to get used to it and not fight it and see that in that condition, in that weakened condition or that feeling of it's like I'm not I'm not sufficient for this. That's not going away. I know I'm growing in areas, but I know the sense of inadequacy, like I am not sufficient for what is being honestly, for what is being required of me. I am over my head. Wow, God's probably saying, finally. He's finally getting him where I want him, where I can use him and work through him. Because he's not sufficient in and of himself. And he really has to step back and rely, rely on me to get through this. Anyway. I'll read this. God is wearing down. Would you agree like you and things where you, you know your natural abilities are are being cornered, you know, and being, you know, and you see that it's not external. And that takes the work of God, you know, it's not, nobody can set that up to, uh, to wear down your strength or my strength. You know, we used to think, that we're, I don't, yeah, we'll move on. This is Austin Sparks. Says that not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Says what is the secret to spiritual progress? It is the letting go of our own will. And you heard that Monday. It's a pretty good opening. It is the letting go of our own will and mind to the fact, to the truth, that after all, though Christians at our very best. Wanting to be 100% for the Lord. It is not in us. Either to be. Or to do. Our will. Can never do it. Our reason. Can never accomplish it. Our impulses. And desires. Can never get us there. 
Tying it into other weakness. Made strong. Power of really submission and power of brokenness. We have to come to a brokenness and yieldedness where nature is laid low in the dust and all of our treasure is with the stones of the brook. And the Almighty becomes our treasure. That's in Job 22. The Lord alone our wisdom. The Lord alone our strength, our vision, our desire. Until you and I have learned the lesson that utter brokenness and yieldedness and letting go to the Lord of, of excuse me, of that other brokenness and yieldedness and letting go to the Lord. Spiritual progress is delayed. I started growth that results in brokenness. Now this is in closing in 1 Corinthians. It says, let's start in verse 43. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is, great, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Whatever you and I sow, don't be afraid to sow in weakness. Whatever is sown in weakness. And that takes, I'm talking about it taking all of our might, as with Samson, to, to really bow and genuinely submit. This thing of the daily offering, it, like we throw it out there anymore, like it's just, like it's just daily. It's like, Every morning I have to decide, am I really going to make that offering? I mean, do I have it in me to, to yield and surrender? This, this, at this breakfast, say, at this lunch, you know, day by day, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to walk in a yieldedness and a brokenness before the Lord. But don't be afraid to sow that to it. Whatever is sown in brokenness, whatever is sown in weakness, is going to come up in power. Somebody can clean that up. I mean that genuinely. Sure is to be 
take more charge is to say whatever you want to say, decide what you want to be, and just, just choose that that's it. And you have a right to be and do whatever you want, and people owe you things just because you thought of it. You know? That's the whole thrust of the world right now. And to have God um, looking for a people who really uh, will not hold to their own way, uh, that, that is it's harder than I used to think it was. Because I should let, have let go of some more things that I hadn't let go of, you know? Yeah, see my grandmother keeping her old shoes. Um, actually, I might have my grandmother bless some of my daughters. It's a different thought. Um, uh, gonna keep my old shoes for six months. Um, but uh, really to to yield, you know, and it's like, the thing is that the Lord uses people for this process. That's the real trouble of it, you know? I think if an angel showed up with wings and said, this is, you know, I'm, I'm the guy talking to you, can you submit? Yeah, absolutely, I got it, you know? But it's not how it goes, you know? It just is, it's like, uh, I'm thinking about Naaman, just, you know, no, it's not the river I came to see. And there's just a little servant girl you know, if he'd asked you to do a great thing, my father, would you not have done it? And, and Naaman, just, it's amazing. Whatever he did, goes storming back to his tent. And that is just working him over. And he realized, you know, I really want to be healed. Okay. You know, I'm going to listen to my servant. I mean, something happened in those few minutes where you've got the boss of the applesauce realizing that it doesn't matter doesn't matter how right you think you are and how much of a plan you have. When you run into that thing, that person, and that situation that God has got you there, you know. I mean, Balaam, he went, he drove his donkey a long way down the road without getting any of it, you know. And finally talks to him and he still doesn't get it. He talks back, you know. It's like, I used to laugh at that. And I think, man, I've ridden a lot of donkeys through the day. Not, not realizing what the Lord put himself in my way, thinking it was somebody else, you know. But I do not want to miss the work of the Lord. We don't want to miss the work of the Lord. The fact is, is that the Lord is going to have a people that are, have come to the place where they have yielded and yielded and yielded to the point that they know that they cannot trust their own mind. I mean, that is quite a thought. That's, you know, where you're sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's like the disciples, they saw a lot of miracles before they really, even all the way to the cross, they still had some answers for Jesus right to the end. And then the Lord had to just break them, you know, and just, it's an individual thing. Uh, but I'm thankful for a God that doesn't quit on me, you know? It's, it's, boy, we have a Father that is willing to give us lesson 735, take 52. Because I care about you. I'm going, I'm revealing, I'm thinking about Olivia, what she said about, uh, you know, Agnes in that story. And the, and the, you know, wise woman revealing her ugliness over and over and over again. And Agnes, I think you said, she listened to all of this. And instead of realizing that she should let the wise woman work in her heart, she resolved to be ever so more careful about letting what was inside show on the outside. Wow, you know, I know what George MacDonald had going on, but he saw something of how this nature works. You know, resolving ever so more carefully not to let what is inside come to the outside. I mean, I'm thankful. Don't, don't let everything come to the outside, please.
But the fact is that to yield your heart to God, don't cover up what he's revealing. Say, Lord, okay, I don't want to keep dealing with this. And you're revealing this for a purpose. And it's about me. It's not all the things and all the people out here. I'm the guy you're after. I want to get this. Thank you, Lord, for your help to get this. Amen? It's weighty, but it should be encouraging because if we're going to get it, we're not going to quit. God's not going to quit on us. God cares about us that next week and the next week, He's going to keep revealing the ugliness within. And you can come to a place where you say, I'm all done, you know? I've been cooperating with you people or these things, and I'm all done. I'm just going to say the way I feel. Those are not, that's not coming to a point of yielding. That's just being a human, you know? There's no glory in that, you know? But there is, there is great help to yield to the work of God. And it's such a personal thing, isn't it? Just so, it's such a work that is done on the inside where we have to, we have to yield our way. Okay. Thank you, Lord, for your patience and your graciousness to us. All right? Okay. Anything else tonight? I'm looking over Brother Abel and Adele. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but they were talking about moving here. I thought, I, I said I was going to pray about it for a couple of years and get back to them on it. I don't know what anybody else thinks about it. But I was just thinking how thankful I am for uh, them coming here and just being who they are in the Lord. I'm thankful for the people that the Lord brings here that we need to uh, add their impartation of what they've been through. Uh, Quiet, steady ways. Are you thankful they're here? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about ways if they tried to escape what to do to them, but I won't do that. No, it is uh, it's a blessing to have their uh, the impartation of who they are here. Okay. Sound is all we'll close. Lord, thank you for the night. Thank you for your work that is eternal. Uh, thank you, Lord, for what you are uh, doing in all of our hearts here with this family, Lord, with your family at large, Lord, to reveal to us uh, where we are holding to our own way, to our own life, Lord, and that you uh, patiently, Lord, are uh, still working with us day after day, Lord. We thank you for your mercies that are new each day, Lord, to... Uh, Strengthen us to keep walking forward, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for, again, for Mark and, and Kathy, Lord. May you strengthen them. We do thank you for the testimony that Kathy is to all of us. Lord. Ask that you'd uh, continue to strengthen Vicki uh, Cobb, Lord, that you would strengthen her in the inner man, Lord, as she pours out to your people. We ask, Lord, for the convention there at uh, Shepherd's Inn. You'd give your word, uh, perfect word to the ministry there. Thank you for this night, in Jesus' name. Amen.